Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Core Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, with my co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Ryan. How are you doing today? It's been a while. I'm doing great. It really has been a while. I feel like I talk to you more on this podcast than I do over the phone or in person. It's pretty (laughs) sad. (laughs) But I'm excited to talk about Dance, Gavin Dance today and just, uh, you know, dive into it. Uh, It's been fun to do this podcast. The Day to Remember was great. Uh, The future bands we do after this are going to be really fun. So I'm excited to continue uh, delving into that. Uh, We also have Brian from another vinyl page joining us today. What's up, Brian? What's up, man? I'm glad to be back again on the Core Collective podcast. So awesome. Ready to talk about this band that's near and dear to my heart. So yeah, I can't wait to shit all over him. Brandon, thank you for joining us as well today. You haven't been here since episode one or zero, your introduction episode. How you doing, man? That's right, man. Well, hey, um, doing good. Happy to be here and I uh, just want to set up shop. Yeah, I'm excited to you know have all of you here today because all three of you love this band a lot in different ways. So it's it's pretty cool. Apparently, Eric doesn't. He's making faces. Yeah. He, he I, only I'm definitely not on Brian's level. Oh, and probably not Brandon's either. Do I like them? Yes. Do I love them? Sometimes. Okay. I don't want to sound like too full of myself, but I don't think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Brandon, what have you uh, been up to lately? Uh, nothing much, man. Just working, and um, that's about it. Listening to uh, Dance Kevin Dance uh, on repeat in preparation for the episode, and like uh, looking back into their Wikipedia and stuff like that. Um, I know you were doing that sort of challenge, so I wanted to do it as well and just uh, get my ducks in a row. But yeah, just been busy with life, and I'm happy to be back on the cast. Nice. Uh, what about you, Br- uh, Brian? What have you been up to lately? Uh, just working lately. Went to some shows last weekend that we'll be talking about so that that'll be fun other than that man just the shows and uh eric what have you been up to work and going with brian up to Sacktown for the shows dude sweet that's about it honestly not much listening to trying to get back through some of these records for dgd to figure out what i like the best or the worst so because i usually kind of listen to them like, oh, I remember this song, so let me go over here and the downtown Battle Mountain, and then I'll go over here and go to Afterburner or whatever. So I actually did, like Brandon said, I kind of did the same thing as you. And just, although I really focused on Tillian's era, um, because I think that's absolutely where they hit their stride. So we'll get into that, but that's what I've been doing. Nice. Uh, so before we talk about Dance Game and Dance further, uh, what is everyone's favorite latest song or record that really grabs them right now? Uh, for me, it's kind of an obvious choice. Uh, North Lane's latest record, Obsidian. Um, it's, a, it's a record I was really looking forward to. I, I still keep up with them and some of my other favorite bands pretty consistently. Uh, so I was really excited for the, this release. All the singles were really fun to listen to. Um, you know, they're one of those bands too where like they release really good singles. And then uh, Alien was like this for me, at least. Uh, the actual record comes out and like the other songs are even better than the singles and uh that definitely happened here i got zen cypher dark solitaire and clarity uh those songs really hit home for me i love them and then nova is like a nice change of pace for the record it's a really nice different kind of song uh telling eric it sounds like it's like from the late 90s uh just it's a really solid song and then i would say my uh favorite single right now uh is architects when we were young i really enjoy the single a lot uh you probably will never stop hearing me talk about architects. I love this band so much. So that's about it for me. But uh, Brandon, is there any song or record that you've been really uh, 
enjoying lately. It could be old too. It doesn't have to be like new. Yeah. Um, well, you sent me North Lane's new album and I took a gander at that. I listened to them on and off um, before listening to that album, Obsidian. And uh, uh, it blew me away. Clarity was a really good uh, opener for that. It was like you said, just a minute ago, it's three songs in one. Um, so yeah, that's like my new album I've been hot on uh, in terms of singles. Um, Synergy. Obviously, I've had that on repeat quite a bit just because I really like Rob Damiani uh, from Don Broco. He's really cool add to the song and it's just a bop. And um, other than that, dude, uh, Harry Styles put out a song called As It Was and it's kind of a bop. So that's been on repeat as like a little bit of a little poppy jam. So, um, so yeah, that's what's been on my recently played and Spirit Box Eternal Blue. That's been on repeat, too. Yeah, Spirit Box. Oh my is god, really good! It's such a good album. Um, I'll have to check out that Harry Styles song. The dude's talented; he knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's called um, As It Was. It's really good. Yeah, I have to check it out. Uh, Brian <laughs> <laughs> Eric is <laughs> having like the most nasal problems. I, I I hope I post the video of this because like Eric for the last thirty seconds <laughs> looks like he's going to war with his nasal system. Uh, but Brian, is there any singles or records that you've been really enjoying lately? Um, I decided to check out the new Meshuggah album. I don't know much about Meshuggah, but I kept hearing about it. So it's cool. I'm enjoying that. The Halo Effect put out a new single. And the first two I wasn't really into, but the third single, I'm it's finally clicking with me. So I'm going to check them out. Uh, the Halo Effect is pretty much a band started by all the people who left in flames because they said, fuck this. And now they're starting their own band. So I kind of have hope, hopes for that, that they don't sound like Newman Flames because Newman Flames is fucking trash. Do they have the lead singer still? Like the same? Lead no, singer? that's the only thing that's different is the singer. But it's like literally all the people that have left the band. So it's it, pretty oh. interesting. No, In Flames still has Anders Ryan. Yes, you're correct. Oh, okay. Um, all right, Eric. Now that you're done like sneezing constantly, uh, what are your favorite uh, singles right now or record? Well, used? the favorite couple records I've been listening to is Savior from uh, I believe they're from the Aussies from Australia plus North Lane's new one. And then I'm really getting into Mood Ring. They put out three singles so far for their new album, Stargazer. Excuse me, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, and then there was another one. I do like, oh, I really, I was getting into them before we went to Swan Fest. And then after Swan Fest, I was like really heavily getting into them. Kublai Khan from Texas. Okay. And they're, they're real kind of a they're kind of basic hardcore, but it just like hits right um so i've been really listening to them too and then uh vatican put out a new single called reverence for their new album ultra that's really good too and then uh lex on fire their new uh song reverse curse just to name a couple it's a really good song too that's a really good song i guess it was a demo from uh was it crisis or Crisis. crisis yeah so that's what i've been listening to I think like a lot of this new record, we might actually find out when they um, release it. It's probably just going to be old demos and stuff that they had that they you know remastered and or rewrote in some parts. That'd be really cool. Uh, before we uh, move on to anything else, I'll say this last for my simping for North Lane. Um, their record was number one, and it was also number the number one Australian album as the number one vinyl album for their Aria charts, which is a pretty big deal in Australia. So. Um, good for them. Um, I think they really deserve it. This is also a self-release record too. Like they didn't do this with a record label. So that's always a big deal when they do that. Um, but yeah, uh, 
no, um, we'll, we'll jump into dance, Gavin dance now, but you know, like I told these guys before we hit record, one of the things I wanted to bring up before we, you know, dive into this band and their history and the records, I myself never really listened to them. Um, just never really had any interest. So in the last two weeks, besides, uh, afterburner, I listened to their entire discography, uh, from start to finish, you know, uh, earliest and latest. So whatever opinion I have on dance, Gavin dance, maybe very different than these guys, maybe more harsh. Um, cause I think some of it will be, um, but it comes from, like I said, somebody who didn't have to wait for every record release, you know, bands leaving, or I'm sorry, members leaving and then coming back, um, to record new material. So I definitely have a different perspective on them than, uh, these three guys for sure. So I want to make sure that's made clear before we dive into this conversation. Cause, um, it would suck if you didn't know that I think, but we are going to talk about their history real quick. We didn't do this for the day to remember, uh, dance Gavin dance you know they're like what a pop punk hardcore i don't know what you guys would you know call them specific hardcore yeah post hardcore and then they kind of evolved into um like their own genre which is like a swan core yeah um and they vibe so they formed in 2005 from sacramento and they're on you know rise records but uh when did you guys actually you know come across this band um i think I'm pretty sure I came across them with the EP, um, whatever I say is Royal Ocean. And I want to say, see, that was in 2006. Uh, I want to say I found it either while I was in high school or what was it? Uh, Sounds like down there by the Tyler Mall. I think that's where I found it and then kind of got into really, really got into downtown Battle Mountain when that came out the year after uh, in 07. So that's where I started. But I do remember having the EP. Um, in hand and then always listening to uh robot with human hair uh pretty ritually and i don't i don't think that the recording was very good i think the other two guys on here would agree with me uh but i definitely downtown battle mountain was the one where i was like always listening to that that one definitely got me into the band um so that's where i started listening to them nice um yeah, no, I, I definitely remember you listening to Downtown Battle Mountain quite a bit. Um, you know, it wasn't bad back then when I heard it. I just, for some reason, I just never jumped on them. But, uh, you know, where did you really start with a band, Brandon? Probably it was like around uh, early high school, like late middle school. Uh, the first song I heard was, uh, and I told them I invented New Times Roman and um, just to hear you know johnny's voice with just a heavy heavy opening line like was really cool then john mess coming in it was like an instantaneous just like this is this is the band like this is the band i've been waiting for and um so i wasn't like a day one but i'm definitely like a day two or three and um after hearing that song and listening to downtown battle mountain 2 went down to uh whatever i say is royal ocean and listen to those and um yeah robot with human hair the the first one eric was probably their biggest bop off of that album mm. and uh yeah and then just ever since then uh it's been they've been like my favorite band and yeah that's where it all started here we are yeah i um even though like i like technically listened to everything in the last couple of weeks 
back in 2018, I did actually listen to Artificial Selection when it came out. Um, I thought the song uh, Count Bassie, I thought uh, the music video was really interesting, but I also think the song's very, very good. It's probably my favorite song from the band, uh, personally. Um, but I, I think this whole record's really, really good, and we'll get into that later. But that's where I started with them technically i just never went back uh but brian where'd you start with the band i went to go see from autumn to ashes at the glass house in pomona and dance gavin dance was the opening band and i was watching them and johnny was probably fucked up or drunk or something but they sounded really bad to the point where like me and my friends were kind of laughing and i remember like a few days later my friend was like hey that band that we saw that we were like laughing at listen to the album that's really good and then i like downloaded downtown battle mountain because it just came out like maybe a week it was out for like a week when i saw them and i listened to it and i'm like holy shit this is amazing and then i just like i was hooked ever since like that album just like fucking hit me so i was a fan even though that first time i saw them was a little weird yeah yeah no i definitely uh get that um but yeah you guys are talking about how you just went to sacramento for swan fest um unfortunately their bassist tim recently passed away uh do we know what the cause of death was? Does anyone they talk about it? No. They've, they've kept that majorly under wraps. I think out of respect for uh, the Furic family and members of Dance Gavin Dance. Yeah. So yeah, we don't know yet. Which it means it's probably even more sad than him being gone. So, so. Uh, but Brian, you posted pictures of it, and I think Eric, you were talking about it. Um, they had like a memorial for him outside of the venue, or in, you know, inside well, the venue. Um, in Sacramento, because they're from Sacramento, there's like this bar and around the time Afterburner came out, they painted this big mural by a, a place called the Flame Club, which I think is like a bar restaurant, I think. So uh, people were just leaving candles, flowers and stuff by the mural. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then um, when you guys saw them live, I couldn't remember what you guys said, but do they you know, like say anything like, oh, you know, like this song specifically is for Tim or anything like that? Or <laughs> No, they no. They didn't really say anything. It was uh, out of all the times I seen them, I think it was like 15 times. This time was like the most different. It was it was really hard for Tilly. And you could tell once he got on stage, he just like he was broken and he tried to get through the show as much as he could, but he he was hurting and it was just like kind of really sad. I've never been to a show and seen something like that happen on stage. And I was like feeling for him, especially I think it was Strawberries Waker, one in a million. It was just like 99% of the song he couldn't sing. So you just hear the crowd sing the crowd singing and then him trying to like get his composure. So it was an experience. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, I respect the shit out of them for doing what they did. And I told Brian this pretty much the whole time after they shouldn't have done it. They should have tried to figure out because he, he could not do it. Um, I mean, it's understandable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not knocking them on at all. I mean, like I said, I, I respect the shit out of them for just trying. Um Tillian and Tillian was the worst out of all of them. Um, I think, and that's obviously because he's got to use his voice to do what he does up there. Whereas, you know, Will and and um Matt and all them, they can just play. They know the songs, they could probably do it with their eyes closed and in their sleep type thing. Yep. So it doesn't they don't have to think about it. And same thing with John Mess. Now, John he held it together the whole time for the most part. I don't remember. Brian might remember. He did break down. I want to say it was actually, I might've just watched the video too on YouTube. Um, I think it was man of the year, Brian. Yeah. It was where, towards the end of man. Of the yeah. Year, towards the end where he takes over. Scream. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Where he takes over and he really goes off. And 
um, he like fell to his knees and I felt like, you know, that was him kind of breaking a little bit for the most part though, John kept it together. Um, I just feel like, you know, it's a tough situation. Obviously we don't know what happened. Um, the one thing that I just thought was so weird is they didn't even acknowledge it. That is the only thing, the only thing that they did was drop a banner, which was really cool. Um, it's that purple, um, lighted, uh, picture uh, portrait of him playing bass i thought that was really really cool um but they didn't say anything not one thing so i just thought that that was really weird um not even like we we missed i mean nothing it was just kind of weird so but anyways at the end of the day like i said i respect the shit out of them for just playing the whole they played the whole fucking set when they were when everything was said and done though they just they really didn't it was kind of weird i think that uh I don't even know if it was their last song. I haven't looked at a set list. Maybe Brian has, I don't know how many songs they played. Um, and then they were just like, they threw, they, they stopped. Tillian and John mess jumped, like basically walked off stage. Matt threw out his drumsticks. Um, and then that was it. You know, you knew that there was no encore. There was nothing else. Nobody said anything. Um, the other person that actually held together the most, which, you know, um, I'm not sure if it matters or how it would matter, but Andrew, the other guitarist, um, he, he took over a good yeah, portion of it. He's a film. Oh yeah. I no. say, like, he probably, he probably helped out with Tillian's vocals oh, quite yeah, a bit, absolutely. right? Yeah. Um, as much as he could as without he like could. taking over. Yeah, yeah. I think he definitely could have. There was a, there was a nice, it just, I've, I felt bad for him, but I, yeah. you know, I, they didn't, they could have done anything else. They could have just either canceled it. They could have said, Hey, here's another band. Here's, we just can't like everyone that was there could have, would have been like, okay with it. I would have been perfectly fine with it and still shown up and said, you know, Hey, let's support a different way. If we buy their merch, um, we still show up to the Swan Fest. Um, you know, but I think everybody would have understood if they said, you know what, we just can't do it. Here's a day to remember. Here's bring me the horizon. Here's somebody at their level that can headline this Swan Fest to still keep people in, but everybody would have understood. I think for the most part, I think um, everybody would have been okay with it. So, but again, um, they did what they could do. So I think what you said, Eric, I think it's a really good point is like, they could have easily bowed out, still had Swan Fest and then like given some more time to the, to the secondary headliners for the band uh, for the, for the tour. Yeah, I'm sure. If, I mean, you got to imagine. I mean, they've been around so long. I, I feel like there's tons of bands that would have been like, "Oh yeah, for sure. You know, we'll come yeah. help you out. We'll we'll headline this for you. You guys just take it easy." I mean, the other thing too, you got to remember, um, Adola played. Um, what was the other band? Uh, Royal Coda. Royal Coda. Dude, yeah. How did They're Sergio playing, do? Um, for DGD. Mm-hmm. um i think he i don't know i'd like to see uh how they do with the the tour i think brian and i are gonna go yeah. um but for this specific swan fest he was on stage he didn't really look at the crowd he was kind of just next to matt playing bass yeah. and just kind of off to the side off to just he was like side i don't know he really didn't have any interaction he wasn't moving very much so i think it was more of a just like a hey i'm here that was to me again they could have done something different they could have just had no bass they could have played just bass tracks on a, on each song or something like that i don't know but if he wasn't really going to be into it i just felt like it was kind of weird to be honest with you yeah because sergio yeah. and for anyone who doesn't know 
I don't mean to take over like Sergio Medina from Royal Coda and um, Idola. Idola, he's taking over for Tim Furyk on this uh, tour. Um, and yeah, he had an extremely long day, so I feel like that would have that oh, definitely because yeah. he's usually super animated. Oh and, yeah, when I saw him on the Idola set, he was just like hopping all on the drum set, and he was everywhere. Yeah, he's he's pretty fucking wild. It's it's a really it's a really good pleasure to see. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of the day, like I said, everything went as good as it could. I felt bad for the guys, you know, Tillian especially. There was a nice moment on stage where, you know, Andrew kind of they were it was in between songs. I think Brian, maybe you remember, but um, the Tillian kind of or no, Andrew walked up to Tillian because obviously Tillian was having a just a tough time with it, and they just kind of hugged it out. That was yeah, really kind of cool. Of it. It was a, I got a picture of it. It was a pretty good picture. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. I mean, it just felt like um, like they wanted to do it for Tim, but they were just struggling with it, which is understandable. So. I think that they thought they could make it by. They totally thought they could do it. And then once Tilling got on stage, just hit him like a ton of bricks. You turn around for the past 10 years and you're used to seeing your friend playing bass. And then, you you know, he's not there. It's yeah. the first show without him. It's It's got to hit him. It's got to hit him hard. Yeah, I think so too. I think, you know, getting on stage, it probably changed everything for him. You know, I think about, you know, after Tom Searle passed away in Architects, they did um, their biggest show ever at the time was at the Alexandra Palace or something like that. Um, And Sam, the lead singer, was keeping it together the entire time. But once they played Gone with the Wind, you can actually watch a video of it on YouTube uh, because they recorded it for YouTube. But um, uh, one of the last like screams he does, like he, he literally like, falls to his knees you can hear it in his voice you know because tom passed away tom with you know if you two didn't know and you know listening of course he wrote a lot of their songs too with sam so it was like it was a massive loss i mean the dude was like 29 or 30 his twin brother is a drummer in the band so then he passed away from cancer excuse me um so yeah no it's definitely tough for these guys i couldn't imagine having to be in that position and the only thing i did i just found it a little weird at, at the beginning they didn't say something for Tim, but honestly, it's like one of those things where, what are you really going to say? You know, it's a, uh, you know, let's get out there and you know put on the show that we can for the people who've supported the band and, you know, try to go ahead. It could have just been so fresh that they couldn't even like physically say it in front of a crowd. I know that would be hard for me, honestly, like even I, just saying yeah. something, it would be yeah. difficult. I, I agree. Dude. It'd be, I think the banner drop and just trying to keep it together for the whole show is like enough, like, cause they already stated like on social media, you know, we're going to do this for him. Like, this is exactly what he would want. And you, and it's tough to like, try and, you know, you would want to honor your, your friend who has been in this band for, you know, since 2013. It was nine technically. Was it nine? Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, you definitely want I can understand them wanting to do it and like play it out for him. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see like what they do on the rest of the tour or how they do. Yeah, I think ultimately when it comes to an opinion on that, it's just a matter of perspective, but no matter what, they did the right thing, you know? So, you know, good for them. Um, glad they made it through the whole set. Um, hopefully the rest of the tour gets a little bit better, you know, maybe a little bit healing as they keep playing their songs and um, remembering the good times with their friends. So, uh, so we already talked about like when you guys really, you know, found the band and, um, but I didn't ask you like what the band means to you though. And like what it meant to you, what they meant to you, you know, after all these years. So like Brandon, you know, what, it, what is like dance Gavin dance, you know, really done for you? I mean, obviously all this music we listen to is very important to us, but 
you know, uh, where specifically we're like, you know, like these are my guys. Like I love this, love this band. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, all kinds of music is extremely important to me, but I hold them up uh, pretty dear. Um, it's just hearing, you know, I'm trying to, how can I say this? Uh, I've, I've heard a lot of people say like, you know, well, why do you listen to like metal or screamo or, you know, post-hardcore kind of music. And it's like having somebody scream the, like what you're feeling and both having harsh vocals that make no fucking sense whatsoever and having like a beautiful clean vocal come through. Like it's along with the grooves of Will Swan and, um, you know, the whole band just meshes so well together perfectly. And, um, they just hit all the notes for me. Like every, every era, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Johnny, but you know, there's some, it's, you know, the rest of the band can't be faulted for Johnny being a, a POS. Um, every era I enjoy and every time an album has come out from dance, Kevin dance, it's uh, been around like a time in my life where I'm like, Oh, Hey, like this is a major event happening. Oh, dance. Kevin dance just put out a new album. And so I feel like, the frequency they do it is like a major life event in my life. And um, it just kind of, it's, it's always been consistent. Like for instance, July jackpot juicers coming out and then I'm going to move again. So, you know, it's like, it's kismet, you know, it all lined up. So yeah, the, you know, it's a band I've grown up with and it's a band I continue to grow with as they grow. And it's uh, yeah, they can go down to history as like my favorite band. So that's it. Uh, Eric, you know, where do you really sit with this band after all these years of listening to them and then seeing them several times, you know, where do you really sit on how much you like them and whatnot and what they mean, Um, to you, if anything? Yeah. I mean, they're just a band that stayed consistent pretty much that I've listened to over the years. I mean, they're not my favorite band. They're not, um, probably not even like my top 10, probably not, but, um, they've always, they are one of those bands that's got great songs every record. I mean, I can put all the records on shuffle and just kind of go through them. Um, they're one of the more interesting bands to me um, for numerous reasons. The main reason being three different singers, you know, there's almost three different eras of the band. Absolutely. So it's kind of cool to see, to listen to that. Um, but yeah, they're just a solid, I mean, post-hardcore band. I mean, the, the new stuff, obviously, I, th- I was hitting these guys up while everybody up. And I, I finally realized that Tillian is the best era of the band, absolutely, hands down. Um, you know, he brings in he brings in the in-between Johnny and um, Kurt vocals, where he hits the highs, you know, the falsetto highs. But he also stays pretty consistent with, like, his tone that matches the band. And um, I just, they've had better records with him. Obviously they've had more, but they've had better records hands down than the other guys. So I think, I think um, a lot of the band and the other thing, which I was talking to Brian about this, John Mess, not only has he become um, way better at his vocals, but nobody ever, nobody sounds like him. He is like the only one that really sounds, I mean, I haven't found anybody that sounds anything close to him. So I think, having all these and then you know will swan being a part of these all these bands and you know now andrew wells is in there i mean they've just become this this greater thing than a band if you will you know swan fest i mean um blue swan records uh they've been uh they've been pretty consistent with a lot of stuff and they they've birthed 
other bands and I think they just kind of I don't know they're just kind of this random uh, you know star in the sky kind of thing if you will where you know they're always fun to listen to they're always consistent and um but again I mean they're not like my favorite band but I will always listen to them and check out their new stuff and you know I'm gonna gonna, like I said we're gonna go see them again so I want to see their their next lineup or their next tour with Brian so you guys are more than welcome yeah let me know what date and uh, I'll be there like a bum on a ham sandwich yeah sounds good uh Brian you know where do you uh you're probably the biggest fan of this band here but you know what do they mean to you and you know um where did you like know that this band was like the shit for you back in the day pretty early on once I found that DBM CD downtown battle mountain I was just hooked and kind of similar to what Brandon was saying like every time an album came out over the years it's kind of I remember a point in my life exactly where I was when that album came out and I've realized I listened to this band nearly half my life I've listened to them what for 17 years and I'm 32 so it's been half of my life and they're always just cranking out stuff they've had a lot of times when I didn't know if they were going to make it they're like with Johnny they were supposed to break up after that then they got Tilly in and just yeah this band's just pretty much always consistent and I've always had a lot of good memories with them over the years and I've been lucky and I've been able to see them at least 15 times and they just get better every time I see them obviously recent was uh, for a reason that that show wasn't as good but you know every time I've seen seen them it's been great that 10-year tour where they had all the vocalists come back is still one of my favorite shows like I've ever been to it was just so different and yeah I just always have a soft spot for this band and can't wait to see what else they have yeah that's awesome man um i mean no their their fan base is pretty dedicated to them and they seem pretty dedicated to their fan base at the end of the day as eric said they have a lot going on that they're bigger than just the the band themselves um yeah well uh (laughs) what does it mean for you ryan i was gonna say they don't really mean anything to me (laughs) i really do love artificial selection though i can listen to that record from start to finish and enjoy myself the entire way through i just love the sound of it i do think um um, one second let me check my notes real quick okay so yeah we are going to be moving on to records so i can start talking about it i really do think like our data remember conversation like even though for those who have heart is my favorite i do think homesick is their best album that they've released um as i was listening to this discography uh, i think john mess is actual dog shit uh, I just like I fucking hated his vocals in the beginning, but this is why I said at the beginning though, like I'm I'm a fan listening to this now, not back in the day, but back in the day, a ton of vocalists sounded just like that because the production and being able to mix and master the music back then, they just didn't have the budgets. I mean, they they still probably don't in some bands. Unfortunately, this genre of music doesn't have a lot of financial support, so they had to record these records with whatever equipment they had and make the most of whatever money they had. So. I uh, just think that the production value was pretty rough on their first few records. Um, I thought John was just not equipped for what he was doing. But as Eric said, he has really mastered you know, his vocals. I think he's fantastic now. I think he's so solid at what he does. Um, and then Tillian, for me, like I do think Tillian's the best um, of the three. I just really like the way he can draw out his vocals. Like Eric said, he can go really high pitch, but he can also like match the music that you're hearing. Uh, he's, he can, he's a, he's got a good variety to his vocals. 
However, I do think Kurt's amazing too, though. I really do like Kurt a lot. Um, I think, uh, I think happiness is his record, right? Um, yeah, it is the self title. Yeah. Yeah. Happiness is a really, really good album. I really enjoyed listening to it actually. Um, like I said, John just kind of took, I think John is the worst part of the album. Um, I'm sorry. That's the one with Will, right? Yes. Yeah. This is Will playing guitar and, and screaming. Um, so that's why it sounded different, but, uh, no, I, I think Kurt's really good at what he does. Um, and then Johnny Craig, um, he, like Brandon said, he's a piece of shit, but, um, the dude's got a killer voice. Uh, however, though, like going back and listening to it, he really doesn't match their music. I'm really glad that he's not around, uh, in this band. I mean, he can do something else with a different band, but I didn't feel like he matched the music very well. So like when Kurt came in, it was a really, really nice change up. Like I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and then I thought Tillian was a very natural change for me. Right. Cause I'm listening to them all consistently. I don't know about you guys when they initially changed, but um, yeah, I would probably just say like, you know, artificial selection does mean a lot to me. I really did enjoy the music videos that they released when the album came out, you know, you know, Eric and Brian and, you know, um, my cousin, you know, they're really into the band. So like this was a band or album that they were talking about a lot when it came out. So um, I really do enjoy when shuffle, you know, hits on one of these songs, but I would say that's probably also my favorite record. Um, my least favorite. Um, I'll have to get back to that, but Brian, I actually am curious because I don't think we've talked about it recently. What is your favorite record from the band? Mine's kind of a toss up because a lot of it has to do with nostalgia. I don't really know if it is my favorite, but I can't get past how much I love downtown battle mountain one, but I really, really think it's nostalgia. And if I push that aside, I really want to say it's acceptance speech followed slightly by mothership, but I just love acceptance speech, especially when 2.0 came out. I'm like, fuck, I I forgot how much I love this album. And I remember when acceptance speech first came out i drove out to best buy to get the cd and it took me a little while to get used to tilling and then fuck i listened to that album so much over and over and over and yeah it's got to be between dbm and acceptance speech but i i can't pick one specific one because like i said i really want to say dbm but i think it's just purely because nostalgia because i think the production on that one is a little foggy and dirty and John's voice isn't the best. I really don't think John hit his vocal strides until DBM two. That's when his vocals like really like solidified and everything after that is good. John vocals, but yeah. yeah. All it takes. Is there a least favorite record that you prefer to avoid if you can? I know I wouldn't say avoid. Cause I don't think they put out a bad album. I'm not going to count the EP because the EP is a little iffy. Um, it's cool for what it is. I'm not going to count the EP. Uh, I want to say Afterburner is my least favorite, but it's not bad. It's just probably my least favorite. It's one but you it's, wouldn't like go and listen to, right? Out of your way. I still listen to it. I mean, they're all, every album they put out has like banger after banger, but that's probably the one that has the least bangers on it to me, I guess I would say. You're just such a good fan. Good for you. No, if they put out a bad album, I would totally say, like, fuck this album. But no, I genuinely think they haven't put out a bad album. It's good. I think DBM2 is horrible. I think DBM2 is garbage. Dude, I love I don't like DBM2 either. I hate it. That's our worst record. Need Money, Swan Sue, Purple Rain. Nope. 
need I, need money and um fucking previously Ponchisi. Like those are like the the bangers for me off that album. But for the most part, that's like my least favorite. Damn, now yeah. I know how to pronounce that. Finally, I've been wondering for years. Previously, Ponchisi. Oh. Privilegiously punchy Oh, I've been practicing ever since it came out. Oh, yeah, this album does suck. I love that <laughs> album. No, that's their worst album. That's in the second worst is artificial. Yep. Artificial's grown on me, but I still think, especially coming after Mothership, it just wasn't as good. Artificial collection has evaporate, and that is like my evaporate and count bass here, like. It has some Great sleepers on there. It has some sleepers on there because I do like Slouch. I like Flash. I don't think Artificial's bad. It's just a lot. They put out <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> uh, did anyone hear that? What? Okay, my fucking grandma, dude. <laughs> every time, every she time. Right? Yeah, no. It's just every time I play Xbox or I record a podcast, she's over here coughing her lungs out. <laughs> she cracks me up. <laughs> Oh, Eric, I didn't realize you didn't like Artificial Selection. That's interesting. Well, one through five is really good um, when it comes to Artificial Selection. So Son of a Robot, Midnight Crusade, suspended in this something disaster. Care and Count Bassie, Basie. Um, Evaporate is a good song. That is the last song, though. And so between number five and uh, 14, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of those songs. I didn't think that they were doing anything. I mean, the Rattler's okay. Um but I did, like I said, go through all the Tillian stuff again, and I realized that that's still my worst or least favorite Tillian album. And then I decided to go back to DBM 2 because I never do, really, because and then I realized why, and it's not that good um, for numerous reasons. I don't think that John Mess sounds that good. I don't think that Johnny deserved a second chance. And uh, so that's another thing, too. And, I, you know, I just kind of is what it is. I can't separate it for this guy. <laughs> because he's had so many chances and done stupid shit. Um, And I think DBM one, I think DBM one was always my favorite, but it's absolutely nostalgia just because that's where I found him. That's where I listened to him all the time. You know what I mean? Um, I used to think that uh, Kurt was the best, but I, as far as the best singer for the band out of the three, but I'm definitely still on the Tillian side. And um, and then I actually came back around to Afterburner. So besides what's it, Calamantillo, that song's pretty much dog shit. But uh, Prisoner lyrics lie. I actually like Three Wishes and One in a Million, and um, that that record actually came back around um, for me. So, but as far as my favorite DGD, I'm gonna go with uh, Acceptance Speech. It was my favorite. Uh, Tillian record and then when they re-released it was it 2019? Yeah, um, It's very good. Uh, there are actual bangers on that one if you will. Um, almost the whole album I, I believe. So that's my favorite record for them. And my least favorite is uh, DBM too because I don't think it's good at all actually. Yeah. I, I used to be like all into Blue Dream. I listened to it yesterday. Yeah. Purple rain. I like, the, I I like mean, the the Tree City sessions with Tilly and on Blue Dream. That was dope. I'll have to listen to that. I don't think I, I didn't really get into the Tree City stuff. I love Tree. I love Tree City. They're yeah. cool. I like them. I think instant gratification sucks. Really, it's I, definitely I like probably the weaker Tilly and era album for me. Like, I had a hard time even getting through it. I'm trying to think what the weak tracks on that are. Really, um, it's not a hard one. Cuddler is amazing. Cuddler's I love the great. Cuddler. 
I think the only track I could live without is Legend and Lost. Actually, that was a variations freaking good. I like variations. Variations good. Cuddler. I only listened to it once, so maybe I thought it's got Stroke God Millionaire and We Own the Night. Like shit. So I think that's a false statement I just said. (laughs) All right, Brandon. Well, speaking of false statements, uh, what are your favorite? What's your favorite record from this band and your least favorite? Chock full of them, dude. Um, It's fucking tough. Honestly, um, I think, but I think I'm gonna have to go with like Brian and Eric. Like acceptance speech is probably the album I can front to back just play, sing, know the lyrics, and just be absolutely in love with. But what I did uh, was kind of be extra. And my favorite uh, album featuring Johnny Craig is Downtown Battle Mountain. But again, that's nostalgia. I think personally, the best Kurt Travis album is Death Star. Again. And that's high up there for me because Death Star um, was a really pivotal point in my life. And uh, again, that's a nostalgia bit. Um, but yeah, Acceptance Speech definitely is um, my favorite, followed by um, Mothership and then Death Star. And then DBM2. Um, it has some nostalgia for me because it's like right at the end of high school. Again, another pivotal moment in my life. Uh, but DBM two, um, although having like a couple of good songs, it's not, it's not for me. Uh, I agree though. Eric made a good point. Johnny did not deserve a second chance, but and he messed it up again the second time selling those MacBooks. <laughs> and look what we got now. We got Tillian, who I think um, definitely once he joined, um, really shot them to to where they are now. Like that's when they really started to emerge and. Um, Fucking bring the heat, dude. And uh here we are now. So nice. Um do you guys have any like I you know we talked about with the data remember how you know my my first concert, but I also talked about it again on that episode was when I saw them at the glass house with Delores Prada. Um what, what would be like your guys' favorite concert that you guys went to for this band? You know, one that like because you know, with so many record releases, you know, bands obviously change their set list up consistently. So maybe it was like an older show where they played more of this album that you like or that album. Um, but Brian, is there like a, a favorite concert you have of this, these guys? I have two. Uh, I went to the acceptance speech tour back in the day and I saw Will at the bar and I talked to him for a while and then I watched the show and it was the first time I had sold Tilling and they played a bunch of tracks off obviously acceptance speech, which yeah, it was great seeing those songs live. So that was one of them. And the other t- one would be the, I said the 10 year tour. That was just such an incredible show, having all the old singers coming back, because that's never going to happen again. They're never going to do that. And that was just a treat. And I think the rest of the lineup on that 10-year tour was pretty awesome, too. I want to say it was a lot like Bird, Slaves, maybe Strawberry Girls. I don't know. But, yeah, those are my two times. Those shows were incredible. Nice. Uh, Eric, do you have a specific show that you can remember from these guys that you really enjoyed the most over others or just – Eh, not really. Um, not really. <laughs> I think Swan Fest was definitely something to, to uh, experience. Experience um, because the lines were insane. Yeah, it was pretty rough. I Dude, the lines were so crazy for merch. Really? Like, uh, yeah, they never let up. We never got to the front. First Swan Fest was like that too. We we were able to get in line for the the record, which is stupid because now I can just purchase it online. Brian, I don't know if you saw that. I yeah yeah anyway yeah. <laughs> And, um, but no, just watching them and, and, um, after everything they've been through was kind of, kind of cool. I think, um, different, 
And then I, I did go with Brian to the 10 year tour where they had all the guys. That was cool. Um, I don't think it was, I don't, it was whatever, I guess. Um, it was cool to see them and they were all there playing and stuff, but it, you know, I think it was a little more overhyped. And then I do remember seeing them. I don't remember what the tour was. It was another uh, festival with numerous bands at what's the, the Grove by Anaheim in Anaheim. Yes. All stars tour. All stars. Thank you. I don't, did you go with me, Brian? No, but I did go to that. It wasn't with you though. They were on that. Yeah, they were. Yeah. That was like right when they were, uh, I think in the middle of the tour, Johnny got kicked out because of the MacBook shit. So they were like, uh, we kind of have to figure something out. So secret band played the rest of their tour. Oh, so I think I saw them with Johnny though. So I don't think it it must've been before he got kicked out in the middle of it. Yeah. And I know I've seen DGD a couple other times. Um, but those are the three right now that kind of stand out. I do remember it being really cool to have them at the, um, the all-star store. Cause that was a really good tour. So a lot of different bands, but yeah, that's probably my f- favorite time. But there's, you know, three different times of DGD, which again, that kind of adds to the, um, the allure of them, you know, such a, a different story, different singers, you know, just all the shit that they've been able to do over what 20 years, almost 20 years. I think it's definitely like the best word to describe them is unique. Yeah. It's the unique backstory. It's a unique sound. It's they're different. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Didn't I go to that show? Mm, or is it a different I, one? I don't know. It's probably a different one. Because I remember was Suicide we Silence to... there? No, Did I think Win- Suicide Silence? I think Winds of Plague was the the headliner. Mm. Um, but I remember going to like a all or like a, a long like festival type show like that at the Grove with you and we saw like Mazda Flames and stuff and they still only had their EP and rec- first record out. Um, it I tried- was All Stars Tour 2012. Suicide Silence, Unearth, Dance Gavin Earth. Dance, Winds of Plague, Skylight Drive, I See Stars, Stick to Your Guns, Attila for the Fall on Dreams, Word Alive, The Word Alive Straight from the Path. Made me famous, betraying the martyrs, and obey the brave. That's the one mm-hmm. I'm talking about. No. Did I not go to that? I don't know if I went to that one, but I went into a different one. I guess I don't fucking know. Yeah. Oh um, no, maybe it's December declamation. Decimation? Yeah, that's decimation. Uh, that's a winds of plague thing. Got it. That's what it was. Because that was at the Grove as well. Couldn't couldn't remember. I was lost on that. Um. Brandon, favorite concert? I just yeah. realized before we skip over you. That's all good, dude. Um, okay, cool. Well, actually, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. oh, it's oh, yeah. Um, which is funny enough for like for how much I love this band. Um, I don't really remember ever seeing them a whole lot. So uh, I remember seeing them at Chain Reaction when they had Johnny. They were playing Downtown Battle Mountain and uh, a couple songs off of uh, Ysero, and um, that was really cool. Uh, this is before I found out, like, you know, everyone had rose colored glasses for Johnny before, like, the MacBook shit. So, like, seeing him, like, all up close, like, that was really cool. Um, and plus, it was the first time I had ever seen them live. And that was just, like, pretty great. And then, other than that, I don't really remember the other times I've seen them. I'm looking at their Wikipedia right now, 2009. Uh, do you guys remember when Lollapalooza was in Anaheim? 2009? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, I'm shaking my head, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we went to that, saw them with Kurt Travis, which was really nice. cool. 
Um, and then, but I think my favorite time was uh, for their spring tour back in 2021. Once it finally came back in October, um, you know, having to wait so long for that tour because of COVID um, then finally being able to go, it was super awesome. It was also my uh, older niece's first show. And she nice. went to go see dance Gavin or they went to go see dance Gavin dance. So it was really, um, really memorable show. And I was also really fucked up. So I don't really remember much of it, but it was great. Yeah, that was the, that was the tour. That was the tour where one thing after another kept going wrong, right? Like, yeah, and literally, like, I think the day after, show was fine. Everybody was good. Everybody was there. Right? Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, and then like I think like two days later, Tillian got COVID, and Andrew filled in for Tillian while he was recovering, which I would have loved to see. But yeah, me too. But still, glad that glad he made a recovery. And then John got COVID. Andrew had to fill in for John, and then there was a lot that happened on that tour. Yeah, it was a. Uh, after like waiting and then like all that shit happening, it's like, dude, they, they've, they've been through some shit. So, yeah. But yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I wanted to ask you guys, <clears throat> I have a couple different things I had in my head. Um, the three of you, Ryan included, just cause he listened to everything. I think, you know, except for afterburner, who's the best singer. Hands down, not your favorite. Who's the best. I think Kurt's the best. Just singer in general or who like fits the band. No, who's the best? Um, I, who has I, like the best vocal skills, etc. Oh, uh, I think Tillian has the best in skills, the band, but I think I think Kurt has the best that fits. So yeah, oh, that's what I forgot to say. So I was talking to Brandon about all this a couple days ago. I just haven't talked to you and Brian about this, but Eric, you literally texted in our fucking thread as I was listening to the discography. Exactly, like, I, I was like, does he know what I'm thinking right now? Yeah, Kurt has the vocals to match the instruments, like he perfectly. Um, I think Tillian's more talented, but I think Kurt is like. Yeah, Kurt's the shit for this band. I thought I thought he could have probably stayed in the band, and they'd still probably be. Yeah, really why did he get really. kicked out, Brian? Brandon? Um, he was heavily, heavily, heavily smoking cigarettes, like like two packs a day, I think, oh. and it was fucking up his voice really, really bad, and it was affecting the band. If you listen to their live at Bonnaroo or Lollapalooza, one or the other, there's a live album they put out with Kurt, and it's so fucking bad. They tried to bury that shit, but it's still you can find it. Mm. <laughs> um but yeah for me it'd be kurt I, I i mean i would like to see like if he was still in the band like what they would sound like because obviously they, they definitely changed their direction to match tillian's creativity um i don't think yeah. it'd be the same band at all actually um but yeah uh that's, that's me brandon uh i think tillian uh is probably the best the best vocalist john's john's screaming is really impressive too um the fact that he can continue to scream like that in a unique way is it's impressive. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of a missed opportunity for Kurt, however, because I don't know if you guys have listened to like gold necklace or oh yeah, any other. Yeah. He's got like, that's just super groovy voice and um, it just, it's, it's total vibe. So I feel like with the groove that dance Kevin dance has, he could have easily stuck with it and been like, it still would have been good quality, but I mean, goddamn love Tillian and um yeah I was listening to him in Tides of Man before he joined Dance Gavin Dance so uh when Acceptance Speech came out that was like a really easy transition and I was like yes this is this is it so yeah Tillian for sure what about you guys old me old me would say Johnny but as I've gotten older I realize that's not true he kind of is a one trick pony he has his his range that he does and it sounds great but then yeah, Tilling has all these different ranges he can do, and Kurt fix or 
Kurt has a really good voice too. Um, in the early days, I maybe when he was in DGD, his voice wasn't as good, but now his newer projects, like, damn, his voice is like killer. Royal Coda is like amazing, but yeah, yeah out of the three, it'd probably be Tilly. And I think he's the most versatile with his singing for sure. Yes, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I did like Kurt. I would, and I, um, I agree with Brandon too. Like, it would be nice to, it would have been nice to see another or two uh, with Kurt at the helm because I think um, self-titled was very good. Um, the downside to self-titled is I think John's screaming because it's, yes. I don't yeah. think he hit his stride, like I said, till even after DBM2. Yeah. Um, I think it was like maybe instant grad or something somewhere in there where he just was really solid. He didn't have, I mean, even live when we saw him the other day was, he was very good. Um, and, and then when I was listening to secret band the other day too, I mean, that sounds fucking good too. So I think that um, it would have been nice to see Kurt a little bit, maybe a couple more records with uh, DGD, but it is what it is. I think actually Johnny's the weakest out of all of them. Um and then, yep. and again, it's a little bit of him being a piece of shit. So there's, a, it's unfortunately kind of sucks because it adds to that. But um, I think, uh, I think that's where I kind of stand with it. And you were saying you have like another. Oh, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I, I feel like DGD would be nothing. Absolutely nothing without Will Swan and Matt Mingus. Oh, 100%. Uh, 100%. Exactly. Listening to everything over, and obviously they've been the only two people in the band since day one um, Te- without any breaks. Did you know technically there was one song that Will Swan wasn't on? Oh, you told me. Uh, it was um, Bloodsucker off Artificial Selection. They had the guitarist from Secret Band. That was the only song he wasn't on. So technically really? Matt's the only, yeah, Matt's the only one who's been on every DGD track. Well, okay. I, don't know, I know it's just uh, <laughs> technical. I'm so proud of you for that, Brian. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? No, but I, I was list- listening to it. I was like, man, you know, Matt is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. so technical. I don't think he gets enough credit, actually. Um, he's very technical. He throws in double bass when it needs to be there. He's got the groove section when it needs to be there. And he's just a very good, uh, consistent drummer. And I feel like uh, Will Swan doing what he's been able to do. Um, he's just, he's right there as well. I, you know, again, I don't think that they would be who they, uh, like if you took one of those guys out, especially, you know, around the the issues between Kurt and Johnny and then adding Tillian somewhere, I don't think they would have lasted as much. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I don't, I don't think so. I think I that know. without them, go ahead. Yeah. The band was a sinking ship. Like they really were going to break up after Kurt and then, all right, fuck it. We'll give it one more shot with Johnny. And then as soon as Johnny joined, I think instantly they already knew it wasn't going to last. So that's why they made secret band, obviously, because that Mm. was going to be their backup plan. And then for some reason they crossed paths with Tilling and they're like, "Uh, you want to do one more and with Tilling and they liked his vibe. So they just kept going. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you guys, because it really irritates the shit out of me. When and it doesn't happen on, I don't know, you guys would probably know way better than I would, but it happened yesterday on DBM2. The stupid rap vocals look just, I fucking hate it so much. Uh, I'm like, Will, I'm, like Will's rap section, or I guess it's Will. I'm looking at, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I just don't like it. I don't think it sounds good. I'm at extremely all. indifferent that, on it. There's sometimes where it's deep. cool and there's sometimes where it's cringe, mm-hmm. but 
I'm indifferent on it. it it's kind of cheesy when like you're playing in the car and it's like all heavy and then there's a rap segment, but it's like, I don't hate it. It's not even like really rap. It's just like a low voice. I don't know. And I don't even know. I'd have to, I was going to write down all the songs that it appeared on. Cause I, while I was listening and I didn't do it, but there was a good amount. Into the or, sunset. Into the sunset. Previ- previous pump. Previously Ponchizi, I think it has a rap bit. Um, Except in speech, the title track at the very end. I think oh. they used to do it one or two songs every album, except mm-hmm. I think they skipped Artificial Selection. That doesn't have any, if I remember correctly. Is it Thug City or Spooks? Both, I want to say. Yeah. So that was another thing I wanted to ask about. Yeah, Thug City has uh, This Is Our Sound, Sacktown. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't like it. What do you guys think? What do you I think, Brandon? Without them, sometimes they're cheesy and kind of feel forced, but it's whatever. I guess they like doing that here and there. So I don't yeah. mind them. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm just going off of what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind them. It, it. I think it gives. I'm pretty sure it's Will who's doing the the rap tracks, uh, the rap bits on the on the songs. Uh, I think it's like a, like I don't know. I think it's unique. It's a nice little break because there's some there's some like rock or hardcore bands that put rap in their in their songs, and I'm like, what what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. But I feel like for DGD with like how they are, it's it's a little bit more fitting. Some may not be the best best, but um, you know. I remember when I first heard the rap section and Into the Sunset off Afterburner, and I was like what the fuck is going on in this song? Cause there's like four vocalists technically in that song. And then the rap segment, then you got Bill Murray in there. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I think I'm just not too crazy on into the sunset. Actually. I think it was, I think it was like into the sunset was like, they're kind of evaporate, like their final song that yeah. was epic or, or different. They have a lot of uh, closing tracks that are like their epics, but yeah. Into the Sunset ain't one of my favorites. Ryan, how you doing, bud? I don't know. I was just posting on social media that entire conversation. I don't even, like I heard you guys, like, but I was talking, I was putting on Core Collective, like Dance Gavin Dance and stuff. Um yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> like just, I don't I don't know what question sparked the conversation. I heard the conversation, in, but in, in in your in your review of the discography, what did you think of the of the bits where they would break off into like a rap number? Oh yeah, they sucked ass. <laughs> I was like, dude, Hollywood Undead does it so much better. <laughs> hey man, they got some good new songs. Fuck you guys. <laughs> it's my guilty pleasure. Let me enjoy it. <laughs> nah, you're cool. We all have guilty pleasures. They are yeah. like a hundred percent my guilty pleasure band. I will still go back and listen to Swan songs. <laughs> or yeah, that's what it's called. Um, all right, so I had a question for you guys. I don't know if Eric has any more before we kind of wrap this up. Uh, go ahead. Where would you like the future of this band to be? Like, where do you want them to go after whatever this new record is? I didn't even know they have another new one coming out. But where would you like them to go in your opinion? Like, if they asked you, what would you like to see from them moving forward, Brian? I would love, I think I've thought this for years, I would love for them to do a full-on concept album because they have these Strawberry songs and these Robot with Human Hair songs. But if they just went all in and made a, concept album about the robot with human hair i think that would be badass and something different instead of every album just being kind of random shit which is fine it's cool like a lot of bands do that but i think 
But it would be really interesting if they did a concept album. That's something I've always thought of. A lot of bands do it, but I think Dance Gavin Dance takes the random shit to a whole new level. Oh, those lyrics. There's some amazing oh, ones. That's what I wanted to ask, too, now that Ryan brings it up. No, maybe it's just more of a statement, but what the f- like? Okay, hang on a second. Let me backtrack. John Mess doesn't fucking say anything except random jumbled words. And then the second thing is, I was literally listening to all the Tillian stuff with the fucking lyrics going off. What the fuck are they singing and talking about? I don't think that really started until DBM two because is that what it is? That's when it really started. He started singing about like French fries and meatloaf, and it's (laughs) random. It's random. I was showing your sister, and I'm like, dude, Pico de Gallo. She's like, what the fuck? Riding a rhino, Pico de Gallo. This is such a terrible Britain voice. (laughs) It goes over so many people's heads too, because um. Yeah, you just don't expect that when you hear those harsh vocals and then you read, you're like, what the fuck? It's 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 funny how like people will say like, oh, how can you listen to that kind of music? You don't know what they're screaming about. And it's like, even though we know the lyrics of what John Ness is screaming, we still don't know what the fuck he's talking about. No, no, no. Uh, what is it? I spilled my beans. I lost my extra mustard. Oh, nothing shameful. You know, I did forget to say earlier when you're talking about like unclean vocals and how so many people are against it. And I can't remember if we said it in like the introduction episode or a day to remember, but Jesse Barnett said that who's farting or burping over there. Who is that? that stomach growling, <laughs> dude. Oh my God. You are hungry. My friend, um, you know, Jesse said at one of the six year guns shows, like we scream. So you listen to us and like, it, you know, when you're talking about that earlier, I, th- I always think of their song built upon the sand. There's a point where he starts like just screaming, I understand you. And like, oh, that song just hits you hard. So, yeah, you know, it's funny how people like, like, you don't understand what they're saying, you know, when they're screaming at me. I'm like, well, no, you kind of do. <laughs> you just have to give it a shot. Hey, man, I hated it at first when I first started hearing this music. But then you come around. Um, besides the wacky lyrics, uh, Brandon, where would you like to see this band go if they were to ask you? What would you want as a fan? Uh, well, I honestly didn't think about that kind of question coming up so i'm completely unprepared but i think brian made a really good point i i love concept albums like ice nine kills completely horror themed um i don't know if you guys have heard of a album called razia's shadow it's by forgive dirt and it features like max bemis from say anything and a bunch of other uh, brandon yuri from panic at the disco it features all these artists that create a it's a it's a it's like a play or like a musical and all these alternative artists are featured on it. And I feel like that'd be really cool to see Dance Gavin Dance to give the complete story of the robot with human hair or the story of the strawberry. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be really dope. And I would, uh, I would listen to it immediately because I love continuation and like uh, that sort of humor. For instance, like Shaun of the Dead, how you see these things like happen throughout the movie and it's consistent. Seeing that through albums like Strawberry or robot with human hair parts one through four death of it it's that shit gets me uh that hits hits the notes for me so yeah i think a concept album would be super dope it just never break up please for the love of yeah, god i think again that's another thing as you're bringing it up like that's what stays consistent with them um and why their fans i think like like them so much is they're always kind of going back on what they've already previously done with the strawberry and the robot and the human hair and this and that and their uh, covers are always the same. I don't know if it's the same artist, but it looks pretty much the same. Maybe you guys know. Okay, yeah, Brian. Except the first EP that was a painting by John, but every main album's been the same guy. Yeah, so that's I, uh, really cool and consistent. I, I think that uh, just having that consistency really makes it um, 
that much easier to to like the guys and in, in the records and stuff and um and jackpot juicer i do actually i'm looking at the cover right now i think that's going to be really cool i like the i like the way it looks so the person who actually does has done all their album covers is a guy named uh matthias adolfson and i follow him on instagram and he, he his work aside from you know doing the covers for this band is uh pretty outstanding it's very busy and very um multi-layered so uh, i recommend you guys check him out it's yeah, funny well, because he, he oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, uh just real quick he just every time Jeez. he posts a painting he's like uh he's like uh you know this is this this print is not for your favorite rock band it's funny because everyone asks like is this the new dgd album cover is this the new dga album cover so yeah, he's a good dude but eric as you were saying i apologize yeah no i just want to ask uh, i guess probably mostly you and uh, brian what do you guys, ex- I mean, are you guys super excited for the 18 track uh, jackpot juice world or um, RIP juice world? Jackpot uh, juice world. What were we calling it, Brian? I call it jungle juicer. Jungle juicer. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie juice box. There's 18 songs on this thing. I'm fucking yeah, hyped for every single hour one. and four minutes. Oh. I can't to waste my time. Yeah, <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, no, Eric. In short, I'm fucking hyped to listen to that tr- uh, that record uh, track to track uh, the day it comes out. It's when does it come out? Here. July 29th. Oh, the nice. same as Stick Your Guns. Oof. Ooh. Damn, Yikes. dude, my heart is a weapon, bro. That's such a good song. <laughs> what? You didn't see that text thread? I saw that there was oh, a text thread. I, was I didn't doing, read it. I was doing stuff for work, and uh, Weapon came on when I had my Bluetooth speaker on. I was like, bro, this song's a fucking banger. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know why you didn't read the text. I know you're probably busy, but, like, yeah, <laughs> I basically called myself out because, uh, you know, for anyone listening or these guys, like, I think Architects is just, you know, I think they're a better band than Stick to Your Guns, and I think their single is better. But Eric's over here like, it's just, it's the same as the weapon from Stick to Your Guns. What are you talking about? They sound the same. They don't sound the same. And then he's like, oh, Architects, all their guitars sound the same right now. So I went back and listened to both of their records to prove a point. Dude, their new rec- their new single doesn't even sound like their old shit. So fuck you. I didn't say. I said it sounds like horse shit. Oh my god! You said their guitars sound. <laughs> oh my god! It just him. sounds like you know a hard rock butt rock song. It's fucking. It's so who, not a good song. It's okay. It's a very good song. But who's, who's the butt like rock? You hyped it up. What did you say? Architects. Right? Architects has butt rock now. Yeah. Have you not heard their new song? The When We Were Young. I'll be the. I, I haven't like give it a good listen, but okay. I will. I will report my findings. It's Wait, just okay. Not, so here's what we're gonna do. Brandon, listen to Weapon from Stick to Your Guns, and then uh-huh. listen to When We Were Young by Architects. I think Architects has a music video. I don't think Stick to Your Guns. Yeah, they do. Though. Did they? Yeah. Go pause or uh, mute your stuff, Brandon. Go to YouTube, or I, we can send it to you, so you can just have a quick link if you can't pull it up. I want you to listen to Weapon from Stick to Your Guns, and then go to Architects When We Were Young. And just tell me what's a better song. You're gonna have him do this right now. I was gonna wrap oh, up. I the thought show. that's what he was gonna do. Oh, no, yeah, I well, like, I'll, I'll continue. Too late now. Just do it. It's already on there. Go no. <laughs> so how about this? Next next episode, we'll report my findings of. There we go. Butt. The new segment is it butt rock? No, not. is it butt rock? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. You can follow us up in the text though. Like after this. Oh yeah, I'm gonna I get right on that. When we were young, I wasn't big on it. Oh, okay, it's not that good. Brian's it's, like, it's the greatest. I didn't in, in know. Brian, I didn't say that. I, I would not I, say it's butt rock, but I didn't enjoy it. In the same, in the words of Ryan, um, can't wait to shit all over it. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah, Ryan went pretty easy on this. I didn't think yeah. I thought he was going to go crazy. I mean, Brian, uh, Brian was worse on ADTR than this. You, you know what's funny, though, is like uh, Brandon was just talking about like this artist and shit, and he is very talented. But he's talking about how, like, when he posts, he has to clarify that it's not a new record because the fans are like, oh, is it a new record for you fucking cover art? Like, God, dude, DGG fans suck. Uh, dude, <laughs> so I'm annoying. in the Facebook groups. I'm in the Facebook groups, and they are some obnoxious fucks. And they didn't start being like that until, I want to say around instant gratification or maybe Mothership, that they got really popular, and they've got a shit ton of fans since then. And, God, some of them are f- obnoxious as hell. But that's every fan base, so that's why I guess I don't judge. Every- Every fan base is toxic. Like yeah. that's why I don't follow any Pokemon subreddits or anything. It's just, oh, dude, go follow the Halo one right now. It's a war zone over there. Nice. Um, yeah, no, I, Halo war zone. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I didn't say anything though. It's like every fan base has their terrible people who ruin it for the rest of us. Uh, yeah. So, is there any other topics today, Eric, that you got for us? No. I was just looking at what Brandon sent. That's funny. God, he's going for the jukebox. Get him out of there. <laughs> That's my ass right there in the fucking shirt. Like yeah, you're the guy I, you we need to tackle. You know it's a great, great song right now. Fucking Count Bassie. Let's let's put it on. It's a really I love a that great one. song. That's, it's a, yeah. it's a good song. I really like Headhunter too. Headhunter, but I didn't like Ooh. Blood Wolf. I wasn't big on Blood Wolf. Yeah, Blood Wolf wasn't that great. Um, Headhunter, even with the music video too, solid. Yo, Brandon, but think about Count Bassie. The lyrics on that one. And kind of the slower tone of it and stuff. Dude, they played that song at Swanfest. I was like, why the f- I mean, don't get me wrong. That's one of my favorite. That's probably in the top five songs. It really pops I like the for end. them. Yeah. But why the fuck did they play that? The lyrics on that song are more specific to kind of what they were dealing with. Yeah. Strawberry's Wake, too. Strawberry's Wake, yeah. Where have all my friends million. gone? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, even Man of, the, Man of the Year. I was like, man, yeah. they, couldn't, they didn't even change their set list or like they actually made the set list. For the issue that they were dealing with, like they should have just brought be songs that do, done happiness. Yeah, <laughs> could have been songs that Tim like had a really big part in. So like when they were doing yeah. it for him, and then also for Tim, because I remember I remember um, the first time I had seen Tim Furyk was in the Count Bassie music video. Hmm. I don't think any. I mean, obviously, I don't think they've said anything officially. I don't. I don't keep up with them, but I think Brian just put it best. I just don't think they or Eric, whichever one said it. Um, I just don't think they realize the scope of the challenge ahead of them to until they walked on that stage and didn't have their friend with them that they've been playing with forever. And, you know, the songs are obviously so deep and meaningful for them and the fan base and, you know, Tim. So yeah, I just, I just don't think that I thought that they probably thought that they could power through it, but come on, who's going to fucking power through that. Um, Yeah. So dance, Gavin dance, great fucking band. I personally, you know, eh, whatever, but um uh, I do understand and respect the hype behind them, though. They do create really fun and creative songs. They're very catchy, and and I really enjoy when they come up on Shuffle. Um, but yeah, so Brian from Another Vinyl Page, go check him out on Instagram. It's at Another Vinyl Page. He's got a fantastic page. I love seeing every post that whenever he does do it. Um, but Brian, thank you for um, yeah being on the show. And do you have anything to tell the audience? Obviously, I just <laughs> told them where they can find you. Um, definitely meant to give that back to you, but my bad. <laughs> Oh, you're good. Thanks for having me. Um, still planning on doing that giveaway I talked about last time, but it is coming. All right. And then, uh, Brandon, where can the people find you and what do you have going on? Uh, don't have a whole lot going on right now, but if you want to follow me on Instagram at Giga Narwhal, that's where you can see a lot of my old Pokemon cards that I post and I am continue- I'm going to post uh, Pokemon and Magic. So if you want to reach me there and talk about Dance Gavin Dance or cards, hit me up. 
Yeah. We're going to keep bugging him about his Instagram until he comes back. Uh, Eric is a ghost in the, the winds of I social say, media. I have nothing going on and don't try to find me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm off the grid. I'm off and the I also want to highlight one thing. Brian, good job, dude, on the Avengers. Uh, the way you did it. Oh, dude, yeah, I did that sick. so quick too. I did that so quick because I had I sold my box set. Right. I was like, I should take a picture of this before I no, I was sick, off. dude. Okay, thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Elon Musk, for buying Twitter. Thank you guys so much for being on the show today. I can't wait to talk about our next band. I'm not gonna say anything yet because we haven't decided. I think I have an idea of who we want to do, but uh yeah, we will catch you guys next time, and that's it. Thank you for listening to the show. Bye. I love hey, it. Have a beautiful time. <laughs> what the fuck?